Hello and welcome. You're here at the Martech Alliance Marketing Technology Book Club. I'm your host, Carlos Dalsey, and the founder of Martech Alliance. You can find out a little bit more about us at martechalliance.com. But today we're here to chat with the godfather of <laughs> Martech, Mr. Scott Brinker, and his fantastic book, Hacking Marketing. Thank you. Great to be here with you. Really do appreciate you meeting with us. Could you give us a little bit more background about yourself? Sure. Uh, so I wear a couple hats. Uh, I've been a software entrepreneur in the marketing and technology space uh, for many years. Was the chief technology officer of a marketing tech company called Ion Interactive, made interactive content software. And I'm now currently the VP platform ecosystem at HubSpot. Uh, so uh, for my uh, day job, you say, it's all about marketing technology and how do you connect these things together. Day, day and night job. You surely don't sleep when you have things you have to do. <laughs> yes, because the other hat, uh, yeah, about 10 years ago, I started the blog chiefmartech.com. Just fascinated by this intersection between really the community of marketing and the community of technologists. Uh, and so that blog has taken on a life of its own. Uh, yeah, around the conference, uh, Martech conference, uh, for this book, Hacking Marketing. Uh, so yeah, 24 hours a day in one form or another. It's uh, Martech, Martech, uh, C-H-I-E-F-M-A-R-T-E-C, without the H, long story, <laughs> dot com, uh, and also at Chief Martech on Twitter. So just on that point, on the spelling of Martech, <laughs> and your exact definition of Martech, can you describe to our listeners exactly how you would define Martech or marketing technology? Sure. Well, I mean, the easy version is it's technology used for marketing, um, you know, and I think what's kind of uh, fascinating is when I think about MarTech, it's not just the technology, the software. To me, it's increasingly a profession that exists around this. It's a set of people, uh, I call them marketing technologists, who uh, either they were technologists who got very excited about engaging customers in marketing, or they were marketers who got fascinated with what the technology could enable. And they've kind of blended these two professions into uh, a hybrid. Uh, and I think, uh, actually, that's the much cooler aspect of what's happening with MarTech than uh, just the software itself. And would you define yourself as a technology marketer or a marketing technologist? And is this like the chocolate and peanut butter, or <laughs> peanut butter and chocolate? You know, to me, the it almost doesn't matter, like, you know, where you want to leave the emphasis. I think where things get, what makes MarTech work is actually trying to synthesize those into it's not marketing tech or tech and marketing it's it's martech it's yeah. just it's all blended together and it's kind of hard to separate out the different threads anymore thank you and um jumping into the book if you had to describe it and this will be tough hacking marketing in just one tweet just one tweet wow so as i'm speaking i have to be counting you have my to think characters, exact characters yeah. thank god they expanded a bit <laughs> Um, don't worry, you don't need the hashtags, don't worry about that. Okay, all right, hashtag. Um, so I think the, the essence of hacking marketing was as marketing becomes more and more software driven, it becomes, it starts to look a lot like the software profession, right? You're manipulating all these digital creations, you know, to impact users, marketing customers. Uh, and so the idea of hacking marketing is, well, wow, if marketing is really kind of this next generation form of software, why can't we take all these lessons that the software community learned on how to manage that kind of environment and apply them out of marketing? So agile is like a great example of that. I love that. You definitely went over the character count. I know. <laughs> well, I, I did one. <laughs> one of yeah, seven. One of seven. Two of seven. That's what you should <laughs> Great stuff. 
So one of the key things um, your book focused on, around was adopting an agile marketing approach. Um, you recently published a survey which talked about how 37% of the market embraced this. For the remaining 63%, what would you do to convince them? Or is your view that actually an agile marketing approach isn't necessarily the exact approach for everybody? So one of the things I loved about that study, uh, and it was actually conducted by uh, Andrea Fryer uh, of Agile Sherpas, um, is the study, when you dig into it, it actually shows that many different marketers are adopting very different flavors of Agile. There isn't sort of a one-size-fits-all. Because I think what I would convince the uh, the other majority, the, the elite majority, right, we can call them that now, uh, is that your world is moving faster than ever. You know it. I almost guarantee the number one management problem you have is how do we keep up with the pace of change? And the whole benefit of all these different agile management methodologies is to provide a solution to that challenge, to make it easier for your teams to be able to learn and adapt at a much faster rate. And if you don't need that, then great. <laughs> I mean, if you're in a business where, like, if you're in government, <laughs> you know, <laughs> trust fund, anything, like, yeah, you're good there, but for the rest of us, so that ties in very nicely to my next point. So the principle for me that I pulled out and loved most about your book was around adopting a bimodal marketing approach. For anybody not familiar, could you describe in practical terms what that looks like and what people can do to look about instilling this in their organization? So one of the things uh, when I was writing the book I was really struck by is how marketers are usually asked to do the impossible today, right? I mean, marketing is pretty much an Olympic sport at this point, right? It's, it's really hard. That's why I get fun as well, right? Yes. <laughs> well, what, and one of the reasons it's so challenging is because you've got these, these opposing responsibilities. On one hand, marketing really should be about scale, right? How do you scale, uh, you know, the, the, the messaging, uh, you know, customer acquisition, customer success, and when you look at the things people have to do to achieve scale, right, it's about, you know, standardization, it's finding something that works, it's exploiting it, you know, so there's this whole set of motions that marketers writ large have been tasked with. But now that the world is also changing so fast, those exact same marketers are also being called, in addition to all that scalability, uh, we also need you to innovate, innovate, experiment, figure out stuff. So, right, you know, they're trying all these new things. It's the fail fast. It's, you know, let me uh, explore a very wide landscape. I'll try a lot of things. A number of them won't work. You know, trying to find those new gems that you will then feed into that scalability engine. Um, and so this is really, really hard. And one of the challenges I think a lot of marketers have is they're trying to come up with one way to manage both of those sets of responsibilities. And it's almost impossible because those are two very different kinds of motions. And so what I recommend with uh, this bimodal marketing framework is this idea of saying you really kind of actually want to divide this into two buckets in the way you run your marketing organization. You want to be clear on what your scalability motions are and the things that are your stable foundation and run them for that sort of optimization. But you also want to carve out that space for this experimentation and innovation. Um, because if you don't do that, I mean, eventually the, the, the scalable model is fine for this quarter, yeah. next quarter, but it starts to trail off as the world just changes around you. And just sticking with innovation, um, one, one bit that jumped out to me, you talked a lot about marketing being in a state of perpetual beta. Mm. Beyond adopting a bimodal approach um, and actually anything that outside of what's included in your book, what, would you, what advice would you give for anybody really looking to drive innovation in their marketing team? 
developing that culture of innovation? Yeah, well, I think yeah, you put your finger on it. Is uh, it is a cultural shift? Um, you know, the technology changes, and you can evaluate the individual ones. Um, but the problem that most organizations wrestle with is, at the end of the day, this is a people-changing challenge. You know, yourself, your own mindset, the way you're approaching it. You know, your own people. Part of it's skills, right? You need to have these programs in place and ways to continually allow people to develop new skills with these new technologies. I think even more so, it's just this mindset shift of getting people into a mode where things like experimentation and A-B testing and the, you know, ways of um, you know, structuring innovative uh, experiments so that you, know, you don't spend a lot of time and money to you know, get some very quick learnings, you know, figure out how to scale it up. These are very different motions than how most marketing organizations have typically operated. Yeah. And yet, it's a, it's a lot of work to change that worldview. And, and with that same point, um, you talked about the idea of building 10x marketers. I love the idea. It, how much is a dream versus reality is one part. But the other part, I suppose, is what do you think is really needed to, to either develop or acquire that type of talent? Yeah, so I absolutely think it's, it's uh, realistic in the sense that the digital environment uh, both the tools, but also just this, you know, distribution mm -hmm. that you potentially have. If you've got something that really resonates and really works, you can get this incredible multiplier effect on it. But it has to be really good, and, and that can't be um, uh, overstated how important it is, you know, to appreciate the sort of talent, you know, that can build things and create things that have that sort of resonance. So I think one of the things, if you're trying to attract that talent, that marketing executives can learn from the software world um, is it is kind of hard to make that talent right I mean there are some people who you know God bless them they're just gifted you know in certain ways so really what you're doing is you're looking for that talent and the thing that attracts the most isn't isn't money I mean don't get me wrong money nice everyone likes that um, what really turns on you know usually that top quartile you know, you know the marketing creators is being given the freedom and the power to actually create things, to do good work. You know, uh, you've seen this in software organizations where the very best developers, you know, if they're given the resources and, you know, uh, the authority to be able to go build, build, create, you know, they do amazing things. They get such satisfaction. If on the other hand, you're like, okay, so we're gonna have this committee meeting over how this, and we're gonna review these designs here, and don't worry, there'll be seven other people who give you feedback on you know, what you're doing, you know, and you can check in. I mean, it just, they're like, all right, screw this. This is just not fun. You know? Autonomy is the answer. It is, and again, this actually goes back to you know, this challenge for organizations is the ability to move faster and to adapt faster, and autonomy you know, to the right sort of talented people it's actually one of the great ways to achieve that uh, acceleration uh, in what marketing can produce. And thinking more broadly, if you're a CMO right now, obviously a big task, massive task in front of you, what one bit of advice would you give them in terms of really driving their marketing technology strategy? So marketing technology strategy absolutely has to be derived from what is your um, What's your marketing strategy? What's your, you know, and like what I usually recommend to anyone who's looking at building out their marketing tech stack is to say, all right, put aside the tech. You know, if you got one of those crazy landscapes, you know, <laughs> toss it in the wastebasket, um, you know, and draw for me 
what your customer journey is. And I know it doesn't have to be exactly linear, but what are the different touch points that customers have with you? What are their expectations of each of these touch points? What would you need to do to deliver a really compelling experience to them in each one of them? Because that's at the end of the day, what you're trying to frame is what capabilities do we need to have the best relationship with our customers? I think Derek Vader is coming here or something. Um, so uh, like if you get that really clear, then you start to work back and look at marketing technologies to say, okay, what technologies will support those kinds of capabilities? It's about what will enable and accelerate rather than starting with the technology first. Yes. <laughs> and um, obviously you published a book in 2016. Um, if you were publishing right now, what extra chapter would you add? What would you focus on? Or is there possibly a new book in the making? Oh, there's always uh, there's always a new book in the always making, up there. right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Getting it uh, actually on paper is another challenge entirely. But um, no, I think I think it's actually become even more so. Like one of the concepts that I've been really fascinated with is this. Uh, I'll call it the citizen technologist movement, uh, and you hear it in the terms of like citizen developer, citizen integrator, citizen data scientist. You know, and if you haven't heard these terms, you know, it might sound a little funny at first, but what's happened is there's a set of technology that's growing out there that allows non-technical people to be able to sit down and through a drag and drop interface actually build useful software programs or do their own relatively in-depth data analysis or, you know, be able to integrate different services from across the cloud and orchestrate them. And this is amazing. This is unlocking so much power for those autonomous individuals to be able to build things that before used to take like, oh yeah, I'm gonna need the IT team yeah. and they'll get back to me next year. I'll you know? right, exactly. right, I mean, this is game changing. And to me, this is just a further acceleration of the concepts of hacking marketing that, you know, the tools are giving individuals the power to have enormous impact, that 10X impact, but you've gotta have the management structure to allow that to happen. And what, on that point, on the management structure, what organizations do you think are doing a fantastic job in delivering a solid marketing technology strategy? Not HubSpot, uh, that's a given. Well, of course. Excluding <laughs> <laughs> um, HubSpot, who else do you think is doing a fantastic job? You know, there's a lot. So, and, and one of the things I think you have to be really careful is, uh, you know, going back to this um, earlier statement that so much is changing for everyone. I don't think I know a single marketing executive that has sat down with me in the past two years and said, we got this totally <laughs> under control. This is set. No, that's easy street. Uh, we figured it out. So we don't need to talk about marketing technology. We've got that sort yep. of Yep, the clouds have parted. We're, we're good. <laughs> so how's it, you know, the baseball game? Um, so every company is at just different stages. You know, and so one of the things I try and do at you know the marketing conference is get folks who have at least figured out one piece of it, you know, and they're willing to come and share their story of okay, this is this is how we do it. And it's maybe not perfect. And if you ask me six months from now, we probably will have discovered, oh actually mm, forgot something here. This, you know, but you know, anyone who's willing to basically say share what it is they're learning through this evolution. Uh, you know, from marketing of last century to marketing of this century. I think there's a lot of heroes in there, so it's kind of hard to like just even yeah. pick one or two. But, yeah. Okay. And um, we talked a lot about how there's there's exponential change in technology and marketing. Um, what do you think is going to change in the next two to five years? What technology is going to be 
will create the most disruption and the most opportunity. Do you think blockchain, voice, we can have another buzzword in there. Um, but if you had to if you had to sign up on one one area you think is gonna cause that, that that the greatest level of disruption and opportunity. All right, I will answer that question, but I have to like first caveat and sure. say, yeah, I, I, you know, it's predicting the future that is really, really hard. I mean, like think about even stuff like blockchain, right? Like, you know, five years ago, who would have even like been talking about that as like something that would disrupt marketing? Yeah. You know, what could Bitcoin ever have to, you know, and now all of a sudden people, well, in the past couple of years, it's been this growing recognition of, wow, this technology and this structure could be used for really changing a whole bunch of the major problems we have uh, with visibility and attribution and what's the what's the power balance between you know marketers and channels and the actual end users the you know the consumers um, right so I, I think it would have been really hard if you'd asked someone five years ago they would have. Even if they had some precognition that allowed them to pull it out of thin air and say, it'll be blockchain, you'll be like, what the hell is blockchain? <laughs> you know, so it, one problem with trying to predict the future even today is five years from now, there's going to be stuff that's come on the scene that you and I, yeah, at least I couldn't even imagine now. So the thing that will probably be the biggest change is something we don't even know about right, right. now. That being said, out of all the fun stuff that's happening right now, or this sounds so cliche, uh, the two that I think are really, truly going to change is uh, artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. uh, and not because it's some great big eye in the sky that just magically will do all of our marketing for us, but because the speed at which uh, these machine learning algorithms are able to synthesize mm -hmm. all this data to help give us the kinds of insights and actionability at scale that we've never had before. That is really going to change the practice of marketing tremendously. Uh, and the other, I think, is blockchain. Uh, you know, because of the fact that you know, particularly in areas around like ad tech and you know, issues now with GDPR and data privacy, is there's a very screwed up ecosystem right now around individuals and their data and look at the stuff at Facebook. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. You know, and so if. A lot of that marketing is just sort of built into its cost of doing business uh, for decades. And now, because of regulation, it's being forced to rethink that. And at the same time, as blockchain technology is starting to offer a glimmer, there actually might be a solution to this. But yeah, you think of a world where consumers perhaps really, truly do control their data, and it reverses this entire relationship between marketers and consumers. I mean, incredibly innovative and exciting and disruptive, but oh my goodness, yeah, probably emphasis on disruptive for marketing as we know it today. Scott, it's been an absolute pleasure. I really do appreciate you having taken the time. Yeah, thank um, you. Thanks for everyone who's been listening. If you haven't already, make sure you pick up a copy of Scott's book.